Hello and welcome to the Related to Geeks podcast, the podcast about a geeky family. This is episode 12, original air date, January 21st, 2016. My name's Megan, I am the youngest of the siblings as well as your host, and tonight with us is my brother Kier, Hello. my sister Sarah, Hi. and our Hi. very own robot dad. Yeah. 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 So if this is your first time listening, we do this podcast in three sections. We're going to start off with what's caused us to geek out lately. Then we'll do a topic of the week and we'll wrap things up with our picks of the week. So starting things off, Sarah, what has caused you to geek out lately? So a couple of weekends ago was the Craft and Hobby Association big trade show um, in Anaheim. And... I, I kind of make it a thing after it's done to watch all of the videos from all of the stuff that interests me, which for the most part is, is scrapbooking. And um, so I spent a good chunk of the last few days looking at different different videos of all the products that are being released over the next few months, and I find that pretty exciting. Um, I... Um, not as much innovative this year as what I've seen in the past few years, but there was still some stuff that I hadn't seen before that I'm excited about. Um, one of the things is a thing that you can sit like your 12 by 12 paper on, and it has laser guides so that if you want to place something in an exact spot, you don't have to pull out all your straight edges and and measure stuff and all of that. You just put the laser guides up to how far up you want it and know that you can put your picture in the right place or write in a straight line or stick your stickers on. Like if you're doing alphabet stickers, make sure that they don't start going uphill or downhill as they're apt to do. So I thought that was pretty cool. I don't know that I'll invest in it, but I think it's a cool little gadget. Yeah, straight straight lines are definitely my enemy. So anything to aid in that. Plus... Um, another thing... I was just oh, going to say ahead. plus lasers, so... That makes, that makes yeah, everything well. better. <laughs> lasers make everything we're, better. We're used to these lasers to survey out drain pipes. Because let me tell you, if that if that drain pipe following the light of the laser, it's going to drain. So another thing that I saw, and this actually made one of their... They do kind of a best of show, or I don't know what exactly it's called, but for each of the different categories. And this actually one for like cake and food decorating and food even though it's a craft knife um, but it's um, so it's usable for everything but it's a retractable craft knife you can operate it with one hand um, and one of the things that, that I really like about it is you don't have to worry about losing your cap from mm-hmm. your I'm, I'm <laughs> with, I'm with you and, and, I, <laughs> and, and that just happened to us so I was like oh this is so cool and um, it comes in like three different blade types so I don't think it's got quite as many options as like an exacto does um, but it's it's pretty inexpensive I think they're five dollars a piece and you can buy the set right now from their website it's it's called the pin blade knife pinbladeknife.com and you can buy it from their website directly and I think it was like $12 if you buy all three together so I might be doing that at some point and testing them out well if you do let me know how good they are yeah I've had like the you know the Ulfa break off knives that are retractable but they mm-hmm. they aren't good for detail cutting like an exacto mm-hmm. knife is like a craft knife is so I'm super super interested to see how these work 
And it won a best of show kind of thing, so I have to imagine it's pretty good. Yeah, it's probably all right. <laughs> <laughs> it did win for food and cake decorating, though, so, you know. <laughs> That's the part that I'm trying to wrap my so head around. Over <laughs> I'm, yeah. They, yeah. I watched a video and they had people, you know, they were showing cutting fondant with it and they were showing, like, radishes, like, doing the radish mm -hmm. flowers and stuff like that in the video. But, of course, they also had leather and cloth and paper and everything else you would expect. Well, wasn't there that, that, like, super, like, fancy knife that they were trying to sell on TV for a while where they're like, oh, you can cut all these things. You can cut through, like, plastic and all these things, but don't worry, it's still sharp enough to cut through your tomato and have a perfect slice every time, so. <laughs> I don't think it's that. I don't think it's that, <laughs> but it's just it's what it reminds me of is that concept of it's got so many uses. I got to, to watch all of the new lines that are coming out and, and see all the pretty stuff. And um, that's always exciting. Um, I don't buy a huge amount of paper scrapbooking stuff anymore, but occasionally there's something that's like super cool that or pretty or whatever that I just know that I want. Very cool. All right. Um, Dad, what's caused you to geek out lately? Well, I've been geeking out about the uh, Porteous Linux distribution and it's uh, based on Slackware and for some reason a lot of these Slackware derivatives are designed to be um, you know live CD or USB key and that's what this is. Porteous is a uh, guy to the sea but it's also means portable and they have an interesting web page build.corteus.org and you select your own defaults choose your own word processor browser whether you need a compile environment all that stuff um, and you might want to turn your volume down to 25% because at 75% it starts up pretty loud and uh, and then it builds you a custom distribution ISO so you can burn that to your USB key and have your favorite word processor and your favorite browser on your USB key and move it into that, you know, wherever you're at. Um, and the ISOs are like the ones I've seen are anywhere from like 250 megabytes to 500 megabytes. So they're CD size and fit on a USB key easily. And you can also install it on a hard drive. Um, I got interested in it because it's uh, lightweight. Um, I ran it on a uh, an old system I have here, a Athlon 2500 plus with 512 gram. So that's what I would call a pretty good system about 15 years mm -hmm. ago. And uh, and it would not, you know, I, I ran Firefox and it would not uh, show the YouTube videos. It was older Firefox and had the flash problem and all that. But uh, I was able to download YouTube videos and play them in M player. So for a uh, uh, 512 meg I, I call that a success, very lightweight. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty interesting. All right. I, I mean, I don't have anything to add to that because while I use Linux, I pretty much, beyond Ubuntu and, and Zubuntu, don't know much about the different operating systems underneath the Linux umbrella. So, Kier may have something to add to that. Well... <laughs> yeah the, the one thing the one thing that I would say is something that I've said before is uh, most people brag about how powerful their computers are, but not dad no, no. <laughs> well, I remember when I started college i was 
computer. Too. Yeah, when I started college, it was 2008, and I came in and I had a a a Windows 98 laptop that I would bring to certain things, and we would run emulators and stuff on it through DOS. And people were like freaking out over this computer. Like all of the people who are in the computer science department that I just crossed paths with because I was in various geeky groups, um, loved that laptop. We're so excited anytime I brought out that laptop because they just got to play old ROMs and stuff in DOS. When I started college, we owned a computer, which was. <laughs> 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 Most of my friends did not own computers. Yeah, <laughs> they they uh, we had a lot of the electronic word processors and stuff in 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 my department, but but yeah, almost everybody had to go to computer labs to type up papers and and stuff like that. So I feel I feel like I was pretty lucky. I started a few years before Megan did, though. All right. So um. So the oh, I was going to say the interesting tidbit about that was I started college the year Megan was born. To put that into perspective. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Kier's next, right? We did Sarah, we did that. Kier, what's what's sure. caused you to geek out? Um, I've been geeking out about two different things. Uh, the first thing is I've been painting miniatures for my War Machine army, and I've mashed up a couple of my favorite things. I've mashed up, you know, War Machine miniatures and painting miniatures, and I've mashed up one of my favorite animes. Uh, Full Metal Alchemist, uh, specifically Brotherhood, but I don't know. I haven't seen the other one, so I don't know if this has changed or not. But uh, I've been painting my uh, gun mages, who are all in these tri-corner hat, long coat, uh, kind of uh, uh, colonial military uniforms, and I've been painting them up to match the uniforms of the alchemists in Full Metal Alchemist. And uh, they're coming out looking really slick, and I'm really enjoying them. I'll, I'll post some pictures on the show notes. Uh, and the other thing that I'm geeking out about are Rory's Story Cubes. Uh, I've been using these for RPGs at uh, uh, the advice of my sister, Sarah, who's here. <laughs> and uh, at <laughs> any rate, uh, the YouTube channel that I believe she picked it up from as well as me. Uh, they suggested using it in conjunction with some face cards and you roll the story cubes to try to generate kind of a personality for that NPC. And uh, I've since discovered that you can really use them for just about any aspect of uh, game mastery. You know, the players walk into a room, so you roll a handful of story cubes and get some details about that room or the inn or, you know, I need a random encounter. And... Uh, there, and for the record, story cubes are basically dice that have little pictures on the sides instead of numbers, and you just kind of use your imagination, connect the dots. I led a uh, creative writing storytelling uh, workshop at a summer camp that I was a counselor at, and I actually used those Rory story cubes for that, which is more for their intended purpose, but obviously it. Uh, it's it's fun either way. Just the idea of just rolling and making up a story is fun, but it's definitely useful. I I would imagine as a DM. Well, that's what you're doing as a DM, making yeah. up a story. I like story games. Yeah, I've never actually used them in DMing, but um, I do have a set because I I happened to get one second hand shortly after I saw that video. 
Um, and and one of the other things is is there's actually tons of different sets. So um, there's mm-hmm. the basic set, and I don't think I think you have a different set than I do, right, Kier? Or? Yeah, I own three sets now. I own the basic set, oh, okay. uh, Voyages, and uh, uh, like a fairy tale three dice set. But then I think they also have like a primordial dinosaur set. Uh, yeah, they're superheroes, uh, and, I think. Yeah, uh, there's and, all kinds. Uh, like so action, I mean, you can uh, even. Yeah, yeah and um, they also—it's not the same company. It's not Rory Story Cubes, but there's another company that actually puts out a set of polyhedral story dice. Um, really? Yeah, and um, I actually got them for um, our niece this past Christmas. Um, so we'll have to we'll have to see from from our brother Carl whether or not that they were a hit or not. But I, I have read that they're actually more basic than the Rory Story Cubes as far as uh, the pictures are a little easier to interpret for younger kids, which is why I got her that set. But it would probably work just as well for the same thing we're talking about here. If if nothing else, more dice, right? Right. And who doesn't like dice? You can never have enough dice. (laughs) Megan, what have you been geeking hey, out about? Hey, that's the question I was waiting for. Um, <laughs> I, through circumstances beyond my control, may be hosting more regular game nights at my house um, because friends have kind of made it apparent that they want that to happen. And uh, so it, it harkens back to... Uh, when I, when I was in college, I did a game day every Friday for a certain group of friends, and it was a lot of fun. It was a, it was a lot of work because it wasn't actually at my house. I was, it was uh, at a uh, common place on, on campus, and um, it, was, it was a lot of fun, and we had the same group of people get together every week, but we, just, we didn't have a certain game in mind. We just would play different board games and video games or watch a movie or just have some activity going back to that and uh i miss that i miss that a lot and so the idea of that starting back up and actually being at my house so i don't have to pack six boxes of stuff every time we have one is amazing to me as much as i love you know the gamers guild and 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 having those big game days and things like that there's something to be said about having that casual game night at home and just having a real chill time just doing whatever and not really being worried about any of it so I think it's going to be a, a very nice addition to my already very full schedule and on top of that we're we're trying to add to her mm-hmm. gaming experience too by the way Friday <laughs> Friday nights may not work very well for me in the future <laughs> but we had also talked about Thursday nights so I may just be gaming every night yeah. of the week by the time we're done that's the goal well, I think that that would put you up in in um, line yeah. with Kier. Then, yeah, we're working. So. I'm, I'm aspiring to be you, Kier. <laughs> I need uh, we're, more we're dice. Play, <laughs> <laughs> we're hoping to play through um, Time Stories and Pandemic Legacy with Megan. And I'll tell you, she adds the fourth to our. Yeah, and I'll tell you, <laughs> and that'd be a nice. This thing. last Friday night, I had a group of uh, three other than myself. And we were trying to figure out what to play. And I was just like, we should play Hero Quest. And they were like, what's Hero Quest? And I'm just like, oh, you're going to want to play Hero Quest when I bring it out. And they saw it and they were like, we're playing that. 
And so they absolutely they did lose one of their one of their they there's four characters, and they ended up playing all four. One of them played two of the characters. I just said that it was kind of necessary for the first quest, which is the trial, which is possibly the hardest quest to ever be a first quest. Um, but they absolutely decimated it, other than losing their one uh, player. And loved every second of it, and got really excited, and wanted to play through the rest of the quest. So I might actually have a party that's willing to go through that entire game, which I have not really experienced since childhood, so. Very cool. There's definitely something nice about doing things. Oh, yeah. I am such a homebody. Uh, I think it harkens back to being homeschooled and, like, spending large chunks of time never leaving the house, and now I feel like I'm never at home. I literally... understand what everybody else is talking about like they just pay all this money to have a box to keep their stuff in um i'm always at home and (laughs) and i I honestly i wish we lived closer so i didn't always have to be at home because i I do like the fact that there are a lot of gaming events happening Mm. in that area now and i just can't go to all of them as much as i would like to although i unexpectedly get to go to two this week so i'm excited about that all right so i think that wraps up our first segment and we're going to take a quick break and come back with our topic of the week you're listening to the related to geeks podcast the podcast about a geeky family find more episodes at our website relatedtogeeks.com and you can enjoy our videos on our YouTube channel. Alright everybody, welcome back. Our topic of the week is our most anticipated project of 2016. Uh, Everybody gets one, and only one, so we're just going to go around and everybody's going to talk about their most anticipated project for this year and just share a little bit about why we're excited about it. So, I'm actually going to start on this one because I hardly ever get to start on these. And I'm going to say that my most anticipated project of 2016 is what I'm calling the Geeky Bible Study, which I'm doing with my youth. And as a precursor to that, we've been doing a philosophical Bible study, which is just kind of helping them to get them in the right mindset. And literally all it is is I write a philosophical, unanswerable question on the board. The first week we did, what is God? And the second week we did... Uh, did God create us or did we create God? And we've had a lot of really fun, interesting conversations and a lot of confused faces staring back at me, and it's been a blast that entire time. But as we kind of, you know, exhaust all the material there, we're going to go into the geeky Bible study, which is going to delve into a lot of different religions and mythologies and kind of do a lot of compare and contrast and things like that. And already some of the youth members that I have in the philosophical bible study or trying to make those comparisons some of them happen to be related to me so that might be right but others others are not related to me and are still bringing up stuff from like norse mythology and greek mythology in the discussion so i'm very excited about this whole project that is coming up even though they're not related to you they might still be related it's true The geek family spreads far and wide. So is there any particular topic in there that you're excited about? Um, 
one that I really, the, the two that I know that I want to touch on is the concept of the forbidden fruit as a theme throughout many mythologies. Um, and also, uh, I want to do a discussion on uh, afterlife and how it's, how it's perceived by different mythologies and religions and such, because I think that's an interesting topic to cover. And we'll probably break out into several Bible studies to really do it effectively. The geek take on that is received by Terry Pratchett. <laughs> Tell you, Terry Pratchett knows where it's at. I'm just, just force all my youths yeah. to read to Terry Pratchett. But I death speaks in all caps. I've made a discovery, <laughs> and it's <laughs> and it's a discovery that you know I already knew, but it still kind of hurts me a little bit just how bad it is, but. The public school system just isn't the greatest um, for preparing kids for college. And so a lot of the lessons that I work off of really, uh, it, it has fundamentals of Christianity and other religions and how to be a good person and all that. But also underlying everything is also, here's some basic skills that are going to help you in life. And if you choose to go to college, you're going to have a little bit of an advantage because I've been working on with you on how to deal with philosophical questions and how to analyze things and, and, and tackle it from that way. So I've kind of taken on that responsibility of, of giving them a leg up in that department as well, just being able to deal with tougher questions. Anyway, that's all I got. Um, they sound, those sound like they're going to take quite a few weeks to... Yeah, yeah. Really, or maybe even longer than that to really delve into Yeah, it's going to be a process... But uh, Conley, our nephew, is super invested. It hasn't even really gotten to the part that he's excited about. But he had to, he had to miss the first week that we did the philosophical Bible study. And that was the week we did What is God? And he was very upset that he had to miss that week. Because he really wanted to, you know, put his two cents in on that. Um, I, like, I like the mythology. You know, I think that's, you know, and you don't, uh, when I was a kid, everybody got mythology i don't think i don't think you get much mythology anymore unless you're reading rick the yeah Odin's, yeah i know. know for sure that some of the uh people i met in college had talked about the only reason they knew anything about mythology wasn't because of any particular class in high school it was just like a particular teacher would be like read this do you know learn about this they, they, mm -hmm. they made it their own effort to teach about mythology but it wasn't built into the curriculum yeah, and they're getting where there's no time to do that anymore. If it's not in the curriculum, you don't have time to yeah. do it. All right, who's next? I'll go. Um, I love playing music, and uh, I've been doing this thing uh, called Bebop Beatniks, where I play jazz piano. And I've been playing with uh, Paul Nunes. He's, uh, he's working on the jazz bass. And then uh, we played at One Love People uh, Saturday night. Um, and uh, Kevin Tinker play, came and played trumpet with us, and it was really a breakthrough for the group. You know, we had an audience that really liked the music, and you know, at the edge, there's not really that many people there and all that. But uh, one of the people, it was a nice small audience, and it was very, they were very responsive, and and we really enjoyed it. And so I'm really looking forward to seeing where the uh, uh, bebop beatniks and jazz piano goes in 2016 um, I've been working at it for several years but I think I'm really getting to the uh, playing out portion of jazz piano I know that mom has mentioned several times that you pretty much spend 
all of your time on the piano. And she just enjoys it so much and wishes you would do it more. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I would do it more, too, except that, you know, it's uh, my fingers hurt, you know, and my shoulders and stuff. So I can't play 100% of the time. It has to be more like 80% of the time. I will say that pretty much any time I come over, I hear you before I see you. <laughs> I do practice in the morning, and you come and bring Wendell in, and I'm always sitting there at the piano whenever I see you guys pull up. So, yeah, and and Wendy has mentioned her interest in learning to play. Oh, and she's very talented musically, especially on piano and singing. Yeah, I love listening now, to I, I was going to say, I can't remember a time, though, growing up that there wasn't, you know, Dad wasn't doing some sort of music. I mean, it was just, he either had a guitar in his lap or was sitting at the piano or even occasionally brought out a horn. Especially on Christmas morning. Yeah, and I'm... <laughs> I'm thinking more about the horns, too. I'm thinking of getting an ewe. <laughs> it's an ewe. An ewe is an electronic wind instrument. It's a synthesizer that you play like a horn. Huh. Huh. I'm sure Mama oh, Yeah, that's what I was more. thinking. <laughs> <laughs> she loves synthesizer music. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna give mom some earplugs for her birthday. <laughs> <laughs> all right well i'll go ahead and, and jump in then uh my big project this year is i'm working on a rather ambitious book of encounters for dungeons and dragons and other fantasy role-playing games and uh, uh my goal is to try to have i mean currently i'm aiming for about 50 encounters for a variety of environments and both camping and traveling and uh, I'm trying to set it up where uh, you can uh, you know roll a die and consult a table or you can just kind of open up a book to a spot and pick one on the page and uh, it's been one of those things that is proving to be very challenging like the first week, you go in and you can write, you know, 15, 20 encounters a day. And then as you go on, you know, you have to find new sources of inspiration over and over and over again to just to get, be able to crank out five decent-looking encounters every single day. And uh, when all's said and done, I'm hoping to have something like, you know, 1,500 encounters in this book. And... Uh, so it's quite an ambitious project, and I don't know that it'll be finished in 2016, but hopefully a good way of the portion through it. Yeah, and you don't want them to be different versions of the same encounter, and that's where it starts to get difficult. All of yeah. the encounters that you're really familiar with, you get them down right away, and then you've got to start using your imagination. Mm-hmm. And actually, I've been using Rory's story cubes and just rolling three story cubes and trying to connect the pictures and make something out of it. And some of my best encounters have come that way. 
the uh, the streams are the are your muse. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's gotten to a point where I'm getting decent enough with them and quick enough with them that I could probably sit down at a gaming table and roll three story cubes and have a random encounter. I'm gonna test you tomorrow night. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what what I find when it comes to the story cubes and, and generating random encounters is sometimes you roll something and it'll be very obvious what it is. You know, you know, you get like uh, uh, a giant and a bridge and a bag of money. And you're like, oh, okay. There's sort of a giant guarding a bridge and he wants a toll to get you, for you to pass his bridge or something like that. Uh, and sometimes it's really uh, something where you have to think and 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 think of different ways to interpret those pictures. And uh, I find that those tend to generate my best encounters. Like uh, one of my favorites I've done so far, and I cannot remember what I rolled to get this one, but I love this encounter so much, and I can't wait to use it. And it's, you know, the, the, the party's in uh, a busy town square in the market. And all of a sudden, this shady-looking guy walks up to one of the members in the party. And he hands him a pouch, discreetly. And he says, instructions are in the bag, along with half of the money up front. You have until tomorrow. And he gets ready to slink away. And uh, then, like, you know party member might get confused if they say something like what are you talking about he'll like slyly put his fingers alongside his nose say exactly and you know a guard will come around and he'll have to run off as quickly as he can and then like a half hour later in the same market the party member spots a guy who looks suspiciously like him like himself and he's sitting there all impatient <laughs> oh <laughs> And I like that encounter because yeah, it sets Shakespearean. Up different, yeah, it's all, it sets up all these different scenarios. You know, what's the job? Can I go into this pouch? Oh, I'm supposed to steal something. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. This guy, do I give this to this guy and explain what's going on? Do I turn this into the guards? Do I go and do the job and try to collect the money? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were we were talking about this one actually here. Here called me and told me about it, and he was like, "I just like that there's so many different plot hooks in one little simple roll of the dice." <laughs> it is kind of baffling. I've I I could see that being played out so many different ways, and I could see it being yeah. played out almost instantaneously. Like you know, as soon as you get the bag, you react, and then it's over. But then if you hold onto the bag a little bit and mull it over, and and encounter the other guy then that's a whole nother realm of what are we gonna do so oh that's neat i like it all right sarah i think you're all that's left <laughs> everybody gets one a complete <laughs> uh, uh well not this past christmas but the christmas before that i had set up a wall i have a little like foot and a half foot wide wall between my living room and kitchen and I had set up an advent calendar with activities and stuff for my daughter in it and 
after Christmas was over, I was like, you know, I don't really want to see those hooks go down. So I did a project over the past year where every month I took photos from that month and basically journaling cards for Project Life albums that were, you know, had sayings on them or were just purely decorative and would kind of checkerboard them with the pictures to create this kind of wall of of seasonal pictures and, and sayings and all of that. And I loved it. I loved everything about having these. Uh, in fact, I've still got Decembers up. Um, so instead of taking them down again, I've come up with another project for, for this wall of little 3M clips. And um, this year, I'm hoping to do a small cross-stitch that'll fit into each one of those things. So it'll kind of grow as as the year goes on. Um, as opposed to having all of the hooks filled up at the beginning. But they're clear, and they're really not that noticeable if you don't have anything hanging on them. So if I just kind of, you know, start up in a corner and then move down, you know, a few and over, I don't think it'll be super obvious that I'm not filling the space. Um, but it's going to limit me to really small projects because they're only, they're, they're made for 3x4 for, um, pictures and cards. So... I'm excited because I like doing cross-stitch, but I found that I really like doing small cross-stitch. I'm not real good at doing the big, large things. I'll get started on it, and then 10 years later, it's still in the, you know, the same state it was when I put it up three months after I started mm -hmm. on it. Because it takes me a while. Um, so I'm, I've been perusing Etsy a lot. There's a lot of really cool patterns on Etsy. Um that are pretty small like there's one that's just a squid and i'm like i want to go get some variegated floss and do the squid and like purples and pinks and stuff because i think that would be kind of cool and, and i'll probably have a lot of geeky stuff on it because that's the stuff that that interests us i'm gonna look for like a, a d20 or something to put on one of them because that'll be something small that really reflects our interests and Sprites. stuff like that Game what's Game sprites. Game sprites. I translated. Okay. <laughs> well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you the first thing I thought when you were talking about it. And I know it's laid out on the grid. I was just like, oh, you could do Pac-Man, but you could make it to where you could like change it out and put it in different patterns. <laughs> <laughs> I did see a Pac-Man cross stitch that I thought about doing because I played a lot of Pac-Man when I was a kid. <laughs> A whole lot of Pac-Man. Do uh, 12, uh, you know, squares or whatever, you know, that when they're all done, make a whole Pac-Man yeah. board. Yeah, that's what she was. <laughs> Just a bunch of dots. <laughs> yeah, it should be easy. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I do. I think I would do a ghost before I would do Pac-Man if I was just to do one square with a Pac-Man theme. But, but there's mm -hmm. there's a lot of those 80s video games that there's patterns for. And also, it's already pixelated yeah. images, so it'd be pretty easy That's the big yeah. thing. to come up with your own pattern. Perler beads are um, real common for that kind of stuff, too. Just doing anything that yeah. you can kind of imitate those same pixel graphics. Might even go in an Eevee for Liz. We'll see. Um, I actually think I have an Eevee cross-stitch pattern somewhere that I had downloaded. That would probably fit in that space, but and I'll I'll um I'll send Dad the links to the um, the blog post I did on the other projects that I did, so so people have kind of an idea of what I'm t 
talking about as far as what I've done because it's kind of hard to visualize I think if you don't know what I'm talking about but but I think that'll be fun and I'll, I'll try to take some pictures throughout the year if I'm successful um, but you know I mean one of those little cross stitches a 3 by 4 I can do in, in a week just while I'm watching yeah. TV or whatever or YouTube videos so um, I'm excited to give it a give it a shot that works as long as it's in English but if you're watching <laughs> Japanese stuff with uh, English text you have to actually watch yeah I hate yeah. that anything with subtitles is terrible yeah subtitles <laughs> you can't eat at the same time or anything you just gotta watch it, you know, <laughs> reading all of it so, but yeah that's my that's my um it's not even a super ambitious project but it's something I would like to do um well, pretty ambitious when you think of it, you know, one every month, you know. Yeah. Well, I, I'm actually, it would be, it's 24 yeah, so spots. 24, two, two, two yeah, of them. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, that sounds but, really um, ambitious. <laughs> I'd really like, yeah, what I'd very, really like to do is have it, yeah. have it filled up before the end of the year so that I could then start working on Christmas ones to put up for the month of December. So I'd really like to do 48, but but we'll see. <laughs> and I do actually have quite a few. That's Christmas not ambitious at all. You're right. You're right. That's the least ambitious thing I've ever. I want to do a cross stitch a week. <laughs> yeah, but I, I mean, I'm really talking about ones that only take a few yeah. hours to do. So I mean, really truly, um, it would be a cross stitch a week about. Um, especially at this point where it's, you know, almost the end of January and I haven't done anything towards it. Now, I do have quite You're a few small Christmas ones. You better get with that cross-stitching. <laughs> well, well, just... oh, yeah. And like you said, Sarah, the nice thing about those types of activities is you can do them while you're naturally already watching TV or something like that. Because that, generally speaking, is built into your week somewhere. Yeah, I mean, you can do them while you're pretending to listen to your family. Yeah, <laughs> I tend to do a lot of um, like playing Candy Crush and and stuff like that while I'm watching TV. So this seems like a little bit more productive use of my time. And I don't like to just sit and watch TV. I never have. I've always cross stitched or crocheted yeah. or knitted or something. So and, and then the phone came out. And it's like oh, Candy Crush. <laughs> so. Um, I'd like to get back to doing something a little more creative uh, during that time. The real trick is being able to play Candy Crush and cross stitch at the same time. Yeah, I'm not going to try that one. Um, I do, do scrapbook and, and watch TV, <laughs> so I'm not I'm not entirely. I do I do something still. It's all fun and games until you stab your phone with a needle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We'll crush that kid. All, right. All right. So that's everybody, right? One and done. That means that segment's over, and we're going to take another break and come back with our picks of the week. Be right back. Thanks for enjoying the Related to Geeks podcast. Download the podcast MB3s at our website, relatedtogeeks.com. You can also listen on our YouTube channel and our Tumblr. Check out our show notes for links and credits. Alright everybody, welcome back. It is time for our picks of the week and I think I want to start with Kier. What's your pick of the week? 
my pick of the week is a Broadway musical that came out, I guess, last year now. And uh, it's called Hamilton. I don't know if you guys have heard of this or not. Mm. I have. I haven't. So, Hamilton... Hamilton is a Broadway musical by Lynn Manuel Lynn Manuel Miranda, uh, and he's done. Uh, this is his second musical, and is and he won a Tony for his first one, and he's probably going to win a Tony for this one. Uh, and it is wonderful. It is uh, kind of a biography of Alexander Hamilton, but all of the roles of all of the. Uh, uh, American revolutionaries and, and uh, uh, various people in the story are portrayed by minorities and in fact the uh, only role in the entire play that's played by a white guy is King George and uh, it's done up in uh, kind of a hip hop and rap music and it is absolutely Stunning, wonderful, fantastically written music, and uh, my family has been listening to it nonstop for probably the last two or three weeks. I've heard absolutely wonderful things about it. Of course, I've not seen it, or even really, I've heard some of the music, but I haven't sat down and listened to the soundtrack or anything. Yeah, we've probably listened to the soundtrack like eight times now. Well, when I was in high school, some of my friends wrote a play called Hamilton, and it was Hamlet, okay? And um, I don't remember much about it, except I do remember this, that one constant refrain was Hamilton going, I must avenge my father's death. That's, that's the only line I really remember. That's a different Hamilton entirely, but nonetheless... <laughs> What he's saying, what he's saying is that it's been done already. <laughs> but everyone was white, and it wasn't in the American Revolution, and there was no hip-hop because it hadn't been invented yet. Our dad is that old. <laughs> I'm so old I can remember when there wasn't even rap music. Instead, we had talking blues. I was definitely alive when when rap music became mainstream. Good for you. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to add to that. <laughs> I don't know that I was alive before rap music was a thing, but it was not a, a widespread mm. thing. When well, I was your born. Uncle Ken has a theory about rap music. He remembers when there was austerity in California. And they took music out of the curricula. And the next thing you know, we had rap music. All those kids used to learn to play horns. They made up their own. Actually, hip-hop is very creative. I'm not really a big fan in that I don't spend a lot of time listening to it. But I am a really big fan in that I really appreciate what the artists mm -hmm. are doing. Well, you should do yourself a favor and, and listen to a few songs from Hamilton. I, I will. Enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it sounds like something I'm fully on board with, so that is in my near future, I, I assume. Um, okay, so, Dad, what's your pick of the week? 
My pick of the week is a software called Flat Press. And Flat Press is a blogging platform that uh, I installed with Spectaculous. But I imagine it's really easy to install anyway because there's no database, no MySQL in Flat Press. It gets its name from the fact that everything is in text files, which are also called flat files. So that means backing up your flat press is really easy because you don't have to back up databases and web space you just have to back up your web space in fact all of the data and configuration for your flat press install is one folder the fp-content folder and if you have a backup of that one folder then you've got your whole blog um, right there in one folder uh, because you can always install and then put that folder in there, and there's your flat press. Um, my take on it is it's not as flexible as WordPress, uh, not as many plugins and stuff like that, add-ons, but it's very easy to set up and use. It's a GPL software, um, which is a open source license, um, and I'm using it to publish some of my super short fantasy and science fiction stories so i think uh the blogging you know thing is really good for super short stories short stories may be a little long for a blog platform and may take something uh a little more you know um heavily content oriented but uh, uh it's great for my super short fantasy and science fiction stories and it's at larry heil .cu.cc. I'll post it in the show notes, and um, I'm probably going to get another domain sometime for this project. Depends on how I go with it, but I'm really, uh, I'm really liking the flat press. It's uh, very easy to use and install, and if you're mainly, you know, like one picture and a little bit of text, like my super short fantasy and science fiction stories are, works great. That's pretty cool. What's uh, what's it powered with? PHP. PHP? Yeah. They have a, a plugin, uh, a jQuery plugin. So if you want to use jQuery, you can, but you don't have to have jQuery or anything. It's just PHP and text files. Yeah. Did you hear the uh, news about WordPress, about how they're looking at moving away from PHP and moving to a pure JavaScript? Uh, no, I didn't hear that. But Yeah. A lot of, a lot of, uh, you know, JavaScript's the up and coming thing, I guess. Um, I'm not yeah. really a JavaScript fan, uh, and I don't really get. I mean, uh, do, do they use JavaScript on the server then too? Is that what they're doing? Yeah, I think they're looking at like a Node.js JavaScript backend. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I will say this. I've done a lot of projects with uh, JavaScript at the browser and PHP on the server. And if I could choose to do them with one language instead of two, it'd sure make things easier. Yeah. You kind of have to shift gears. Yeah, absolutely. So, Megan, what's your pick of the week? Um, my pick of the week is line-of-day journals. Um, there's a few different types. Some of them are just you decide whatever you want to write about that day, and others are like they have 
writing prompts or specific questions they ask and you write a response to that specific question. I have one that Carl actually uh, gave me for Christmas and it's a uh, just one of those that's just blank lines and you just write whatever you want to summarize your day. But it's it's neat because they're also referred to as five-year journals a lot because with just a line a day is all you have to write in. You can write a lot in a single journal and, um, you know, have it cover a, a long range of time in your life. So typically speaking, they set them up to be five-year journals and they set up the pages to where every day um, of the year is on the same page. So like I'm starting it in 2016, but when it gets around to 2017, as I'm writing in for the days for 2017, I'll also be looking down, like looking back at what I wrote down for the previous year on the same page. And so it's kind of, it's oh, kind of a neat okay. way to like, you know, be nostalgic about the previous year while still journaling every day and, and doing something of that sort. It also works really well for, you know, the ADD of today's society and the 140 characters or less because you you just get to fill out that little spot. And you can you can actually write an impressive amount of, you know, what your day was like in just a few short words. Um, it's a, it's a yeah, it's a Twitter, Twitter journal. But it's, um, I like it mostly because of the way it's set up to where right now it's, it's just me just filling out the first you know line on every page but next year it'll be really neat getting to fill out the second line of each page at while looking back on the first line i can't imagine what it'd be like after five years when you were when you were first describing it uh for some reason i had it in my head but it was five pages long and it was 365 lines nah. per page. So I was like, this is yeah it's a really weird design right there <laughs> very so, small um, print <laughs> so I realize that you could use this in any way you wanted, but are you mostly going to connect kind of it historic? You know what, you know a day in the life kind of thing each. Yeah, day? I mean usually I just like either just summarize like the most um, interesting part of the day, or sometimes I'll just write down like how I'm feeling at the end of the day. Like if it's if I'm uh -huh. irritated with something, or if I just had a really positive experience, and I'll I'll write about the feeling I'm feeling that day. There are definitely ones that are more focused and um, ones that I'm really intrigued by but don't really apply to me because I don't have children. But they have ones that are designed to where you ask your child the question and you write in their answers. And you start them at like, you know, as soon as they start talking and you ask them and they go for several years. Um, and so you get to see your, your child's answer to these. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> So, so anyway, you get to see your child's answers. <laughs> Happy New Year! <laughs> you get to see your child's answers. <laughs> I can't get this line out to save my life. <laughs> but I think that's cool because when you see the child's answers from like a two-year-old's perspective and then like a seven-year-old's perspective, they're going to be vastly different in very comical perspectives, so. Yeah, there's one, it's called, like, Kids Q&A or Kids Five-Year Journal or something like that. And they're not, they're not super expensive. They're, like, yeah. ten bucks or so, usually. Um, okay. I've looked at one getting one for Liz. Mm-hmm. I've looked at getting one for Liz, because I think teenage years are kind of interesting, yeah. too. Um, 
and for her, not so much for me. I think the kids, little kids, one is as much for the parents, but but to have that kind of even as a daily record of what you did, um, because I mean, there's a vast difference between 14 and 18. Wendy has not done this exercise yet, but there is an exercise that a lot of schools do, and uh, the local one here does as well, where every year at Thanksgiving they ask the kids to write down their recipe for making the Thanksgiving turkey. And, you know, they give them, you know, ask them questions like, you know, you know, how long do you cook the turkey and at what temperature and how do you prepare the turkey and all that and the other. And I remember uh, my nephew brought home one, and one of his classmates said basically, you just rub the turkey in a cup of mayonnaise and then you cook it for 72 hours at 70 degrees. And I'm like, <laughs> dump a cup of mayo on a turkey and leave it on the counter for three days. That's how you do it. Comes out perfect every time. Sounds healthy. <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah, I, I'm really intrigued by those journals, too. And one thing, I'm really, fa- I mean, I don't know if I'm going to say fascinated, but Facebook, I don't know if y'all have noticed, have started doing these, what's happened, you know, what did you post or mm-hmm. what conversations did you have on this day? And I'm, you know, today it pulled up one from a year ago and I reposted it going, you know what, this is the same view I yeah. have today, Liz, sitting in a chair with the blanket on her lap, reading a book and, you know, a cat sitting there, you know, I yeah. mean, it's just... You know, and that I don't expect that to change over the next, you know, few years. I think that, you know, maybe any any possible day that's that's, a, you know, especially in winter, with the blanket, and the cat on the lap is a very likely scene. But it's also interesting, the stuff that I pulled up that I was like, OK, well, this is when we were moving that one year. This is when we moved to Chicago was right yeah. around this time today. I posted five years or six years ago. We have a house. So it's kind of interesting to see those things pull up. And it really makes me want to to uh, invest or my time into something a little more permanent like mm-hmm. that. I don't I don't think I've ever shared one of those posts, but I I often look at those posts and you know be like, oh, that's that's kind of neat, you know. That's that's when I did that thing, or that's when that thing happened. Yeah. Um, or I totally yeah, forgot or about that what thing. The, what the heck did, was I doing there? <laughs> I've had those experiences too, but I definitely think that that's that's the way I utilize that particular feature of Facebook. Is it's very personal for me. I don't feel like I need to like repost it to get more likes or more comments on. But I I do enjoy the fact that uh they've added that feature mm-hmm. just for my my personal nostalgia every now and again. Yeah. Every once in a while I share. I definitely don't share every oh, day. Yeah. And- and well, that's that, what it's for. That they want you to share every day. They yeah. want more clicks. I see behind your schemes, Facebook. You can't trick me. <laughs> but but it really does, like I said. Back make my Twitter. <laughs> and that's, that's why I scrapbook, I guess, honestly. But it's not. I mean, scrapbooking is a very different experience than the line of day journals. Um, unless you're doing something like a Project Life where you're capturing it every day. But it's still a different experience. Yeah, the line of day journals, I think, for one, it's a very personal thing, and a lot of times you're making scrapbooks for other people to view. Um, but for yeah. another thing, it's just, it's it's very raw is how I want to explain it. Like, you know, it's, you only have so many words, and you can't put a lot of, like, flowers or stuff to make it theme, seem prettier than it was. You just 
write down what happened that day and then you're done. So it's and very tacos. Yeah, I mean, sometimes that's the highlight of my day, and you know what? That's okay. Tacos are good. Uh, I've seen a variation on it where people have taken index cards and just put them in an index card holder and just dated each one just with a date stamp the day of the week and wrote, you know, one, two, three, four, five, or I guess actually they did the year, so it'd be like 2016, 2017, and done it. And there's no reason why, even though... And yeah, that. even though they're ten, they're only ten dollars. There's no reason why you couldn't buy a dollar notebook somewhere and just write in the numbers and flip back through yeah. at the end. I mean, and index cards are seriously fifty yeah. cents a package of like fifty or a hundred, depending on what you get. So, um, and I mean, if you're like me, yeah. <laughs> if you're like me, you have a hundred packages of index cards anyway, because. I buy office supplies. It's what I do. It's a thing. So, Sarah, you haven't done one, right? Are you the last one? Okay. I haven't. So, um, my mind's going to seem super not geeky, but my pick of the week is actually a recipe for a salad dressing. Um, and it's um, at thefresh20.com slash pantry dressings, and it's their basic vinaigrette dressing. Um, We've been off and on using the Fresh 20 meal plans for about two to three years now. And I love them. The idea behind it is is that you've got 20 pantry items that never change. And you don't always use them every week. But then also you have a shopping list for 20 items. And you go to the store and you pick up those 20 items and any pantry items you might need from that list. And that's your dinners for five nights. And they're good, fresh, seasonal meals mm-hmm. that are, are um, seem to be fairly healthy. Um, and I, we have just, one of the things is, is almost every time there's a salad, it calls for this dressing. And it's just become our go-to dressing, even when I'm just making a salad. Um, and it's super simple to make. I mean, it, it makes it under a minute. And so how it feeds. A, how, do you make a, how do you make a basic it is. It is just balsamic vinegar, Dijon mustard, sea salt, ground black pepper, and olive oil. And you just mix it together. And and I'll, yeah. link, I'll link the page so the recipe. There's actually other salad dressing recipes on the page, too. Um, but it makes this recipe makes exactly enough for the three of us, which is another reason I like it. I don't have to worry about what to do with the leftovers and if it's going to go bad before I use it, with, which you have to worry about some with some fresh dressings. You know, you want to use them in a couple of days. So, well, what um, I've learned from that is in making a vinaigrette, most of the work is in the et. <laughs> okay. Because so the vinegar is easy, right? You just take the bubble of vinegar. But all the other stuff that goes into the et, that's a lot of, there's some steps there. <laughs> wow. So, <laughs> dad jokes, dad jokes, dad, anyway. dad, dad jokes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's interesting that we really like that I keep the supplies. I mean, it's not I my own app. my mind, but I was going to go for gumbo because I am a gumbo geek, and Vivian made turkey <laughs> gumbo today. So I was going to go for gumbo. It's not vinaigrette, but related. <laughs> well, I had we had a spinach salad with, with um, chicken, and 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 I made that 
salad dressing set tonight, and it just made me think of it. My God, you know, for as simple as it is, it's really uh-huh. good, and and I make it probably at least on a weekly basis. So it's one of those things that I was like, you know, and it's it's one thing that I can link to that has a. And it makes yeah, good, food good food better. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and Sarah, that. something I'm gonna I'm gonna touch on very briefly, and I'll probably bring it up again in a. A future podcast but I want to touch on it briefly because it goes along with what you're talking about but I also want to go to sleep at some point is uh this year for Lent I've decided to give up meat um and so I'm going to be eating a lot more vegetables to make up for that lack of meat in my life and so I think the recipe is going to be one that I'm going to try because salads are definitely you're going to need yeah that I'm going to need vinaigrette. that vinaigrette but I tell you <laughs> But yeah, I've been I've been dwelling on it for a while and be like, I tried to need some vinaigrette, but it just got all over the board and it didn't you know ball up at all. Huh? <laughs> what? I don't think any of us got that one. <laughs> he's, he's 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 so proud of himself right now. Perfect joke right there. Perfect joke. The one that nobody gets. Oh gosh! Actually, the perfect joke is the one where one person gets it and is rolling on the floor laughing, and everyone else, yeah, completely over their head. I like yeah. the sound effect. I know you did the hand motion too, yeah. but I like the <laughs> yeah hand motion. You can you can see the hand motion in the sound effect. Anyway, yeah. So yeah, we had it for dinner tonight. So I thought I would, I would, I would pick that because it's 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 become my household. Favorite. Well, yeah, and I've been, you know, planning on on doing some vinaigrettes myself when I start switching to more salads for lunch and things like that. So I'll probably try that recipe because it seems like it's a good one and easy to boot. Uh, on a side note, have you done the the salad in a mason jar? I I have stuff? not. Um, just because I don't have a it works. mason jars, really. Um, they're, they're, I mean, you know, they're yeah, fairly inexpensive. But it's nice to be able to prep everything at once if you're already cutting up stuff and, and we're not having to worry about it. But we did. I used to do it for, for Devin for lunches. Uh-huh. And we did one where I think it was over a week later and we had a couple left in the fridge and I brought them down for, for dinner that we were having at Mom and Dad's. And other than, I think, the cucumbers... Everything else was still really nice and crisp and fresh. Yeah. Well, I've I've so, definitely, like, sealed stuff in, like, just regular Tupperware and stuff like that. And it lasted fine, too. So, it's just, it's so yeah. hard for me to want to buy things anymore. <laughs> that whole, that whole <laughs> minimalism thing, just, like, it, it's put me off buying so much. So, even though mason jars aren't really expensive and I have, like, a use for them, it's still, like, I really have to motivate myself to buy anything. Which is a good place to be, money-wise. Um, but there are times where I'm just yeah. like, you know, if I could just buy that thing, it would make my life easier. But it'd also just be another thing that I'd have to keep up with. <laughs> yeah. And that things tend to accumulate. Even when you're constantly getting rid of them, they still tend to accumulate. <sighs> I've actually jumped on the getting rid of things bandwagon. I've been yeah. trying to get rid of one thing every day. Well, there's another... 
and it's really yeah, difficult. Yeah, there's a challenge that uh, I'm thinking about doing, which uh, Gretchen, our sister, has said, I don't even think you have that many things left to get rid of, but uh, there's a challenge where it's it's a 30-day challenge, and I'm going to see how far I can get, and I might even try to stretch it to 40 days and do it along with Lent, because that's just another thing that I can kind of tack on to that, but it's, you get rid of uh, the number of items that corresponds with that day. So for the first day, you would get rid of one item, second day, two items, and it would just progress from there. And if I did it for four... No, double the thing. No, that's... <laughs> <laughs> but even with, like, doing it 40 days would be like 820 items I would have to get rid of. And I'm not sure if I have that many items still. I would have to dig deep to get that many items, but... I think I think I would do that opposite. Start with forty. Well, the thing is, I've one. already done my mass purge, and so uh, the idea of building up it, it it causes you to um really think about things. And I know there's lots of stuff around my like there's definitely stuff that's in my truck or just stuff that's kind of floated around my yard forever that I just kind of left there. It's kind of become part of the scenery. And it really makes you think about those types of things and be like, you know, why why do I still have this here? So, yeah. that's what I need. They want to throw away a bag of rice. Done. Huh? Done for the entire month. So, throw bag, bag of rice. Bag of rice. Yeah. When you're, when you're talking about this type of, yeah, when you're talking about this type of project, that's when you start opening up like your, uh, your, uh, drawer that you keep all of your random loose nails in and be like, all right, well, that one's kind of bent. Let's get rid of that one. Okay, well, that one's... <laughs> that, that doesn't go to anything I have. Let's get rid of that one. You just get real nitpicky about it. But we'll see. All right. Good. I think we're done, right? Everybody's everybody's done get a thing? The nails just because they're bent. Yeah. If you got to get rid of 820 <laughs> items, you do what you got to do, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> I could probably get rid of 820 items, and that's really Oh, scary. I got rid of probably 3,000 items. <laughs> really? Wow. <laughs> I got rid of a ton of stuff. <laughs> the whole thought of that just makes me hyperventilate. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, I'm on day 14 of getting rid of something every day, and it's already getting hard. <laughs> I, oh, I could do 14 days I without got, a problem. <laughs> I no got problem. rid of so much stuff. I got rid of 90% of my books, 75% of my clothing. Um, just really majorly downsized. But it was one fell swoop, and now huh? I'm just kind of scratching my head thinking, okay, what else can I get rid of? So we'll see. We'll see what I can do. So, that is the end of this podcast. We got a little off topic at the end, but that's okay. We did pretty good for the rest of it, so I'm proud of us. Just give yourselves a little pat on the back there. And uh, we'll be back in a couple of weeks with episode 13. We were making it to 13. That's a, that's a lucky number, right? Everybody loves that number. Right. Uh, All right. Yeah. So, we'll see you then. It's mine. Bye. 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 Thank mm-hmm. you.
betul betul betul. Hey, hey, Kier, 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 Kier. What? 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 What type of pants does Mario wear? I don't know. I don't know. What kind of pants does Mario wear? Denim, denim, denim. 